Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, February 6, 2023. It's about 11 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. Matt Van Dyke uh, of Sons of Liberty International joins us from Kiev, Ukraine. Matt, it's always a pleasure. No matter what you have to tell us, thank you for coming on uh, the show. I have a lot of questions for you. I want to start with Uh, President Zelensky's recent comments over the weekend that he expects something big, either substantive or symbolic, uh, from President Putin and the Russian military in February. What do you know about this? Well, it's been a rumor for some time. Russia has a history of liking to do things on anniversaries. Uh, So there's a lot of anxiety about what could happen around February 24th. Uh, It's... I mean, it, it, as it gets closer, anything's possible. But, you know, Russia has just mobilized a lot of forces. They're producing more equipment. Uh, they're trying to get them to the front line. But I think we're going to have some advance notice um, through satellite intelligence and so on shared by the U.S. if that becomes an issue. We're not, we're not too worried about it here with the team. Um, there, there's definitely no risk of Kiev being in danger and the other things that were being said about a month ago. Uh, but Russia is certainly pressing the attack, trying to gain some territory before the tanks arrive from the United States and Europe. Over the weekend, the uh, prime minister of Poland, I don't know if you heard this, uh, offered to annex the western part of Ukraine, which would include Kiev, and then be able to argue that it was a Polish protectorate and any military activity there would trigger the Article 5 responsibilities of the United States and all the other NATO countries under the NATO treaty. Have you heard about this? I've not heard that before, no. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's it's crazy. I can't imagine uh, a President Zelensky wanting to do that. It would basically mean that Ukraine no longer had its sovereignty and President Zelensky was giving up the ghost. Um, what became of the uh, Mozart group, the sort of um, militarized version of Sons of Liberty, ex-American, um, well, not ex-veterans, veterans, ex-American military sort of soldiers of fortune, which just stopped, which just ended? Right. They had some disputes within the organization, financial disputes, a lawsuit between, uh, I think, a funder of the organization and the one that was leading them. Uh, they had some legal problems in Kiev, uh, some accusations back and forth. It, it basically fell apart. Um, they were, they were mostly doing evacuations of civilians from dangerous areas and they were doing training. They weren't actually fighting. Um, but it, it was a short lived, uh, organization that generated a good amount of press at the time, but, um, yeah, they weren't able to maintain it. 
the last time uh, you were on with us, you candidly revealed some hesitation about your belief that Ukraine would ultimately uh, prevail. Since that time, the Russians have made some advances, and there are all kinds of reports about Ukrainian uh, deaths. The, the numbers are all over the place. The Turkish magazine or newspaper this morning says 158,000 Ukrainian uh, soldiers killed. I don't know how credible that is. It's also claiming American soldiers have been killed. Uh, I hadn't heard anything about that. Just, just background to my question. What's your view of the ultimate outcome here or the near-term outcome? Are you sanguine about uh, the Ukraine ability to uh, hold off the Russians, or do you see whatever President Putin is going to do uh, in the coming months as overwhelming? I'm alarmed that Ukraine didn't push an offensive during the winter um, and that they've allowed themselves to get bogged down in Bakhmut. Uh, it's taken a lot of resources, uh, a lot of lives of soldiers that are going to be needed later to fight. Uh, you know, spring's going to be hell. Russia will be able to push an offensive here before uh, Western tanks arrive, before all the equipment that Ukraine says it needs, and then whether Ukrainian forces will have the training on that equipment sufficiently to counter the Russians is, is still a question. I'm still confident there'll be a victory, if victory is defined as Ukraine still being a country at the end of this. Uh, whether all of Donbass and Crimea is, is liberated or not, um, you know, it remains to be seen. I'm still confident, um, but the timetable looks like it's going to take longer than, than I well, even surely, thought. Surely you're not confident that Crimea will be liberated. Do, do the Ukrainian people actually expect that their military can oust Russia from Crimea? They believe it, uh, and that's actually probably the primary goal is Crimea. A lot well, of that's, re that's really crazy. They just don't have the equipment or the manpower uh, to do that. Crimea's been Russian for 10 years. Some would argue it's been Russian for 300 years. Well, it's a lot of Ukrainians want to see Crimea liberated more so than even parts of Donbass. Quite honestly, it's really the the prize a lot of people okay, are looking for. I, I get what they want to do, but being realistic about it, do you, with your your eyes and ears and feet on the ground, realistically expect that this could happen? It's We really need to see what happens this spring with, with the Russians that have been mobilized and their ability to get equipment. I mean, the West is shipping a lot of equipment over here, a lot of tanks. Um, the Bradleys, things that are going to address some of the issues that Ukrainians have been having. Uh, it's, you know, it's possible. You know, people didn't think that Russia would collapse their lines where they collapsed the last time Ukraine did an offensive. Um, but, you know, it's it's not a certainty. Um, but it's certainly worth a try. And they're, they're going to go for it, I believe. All right. You mentioned the Bradleys. You're talking about the tanks. Uh, Colonel Doug uh, McGregor, who has decidedly different views from you, but who's a West Point graduate and career uh, military and tank commander, uh, informs that it will be months before the tanks uh, get there, in part because many of them have to be built, in part because the ones that are already built have to have certain uh, high-tech equipment removed from them so that if they fall into Russian hands, Russia doesn't have this and in part because the repair crews, which are just as large as the crews that operate it, all need to be trained. Stated differently, 
McGregor believes the tanks won't get there until the war is over, that it's going to take four or five or six months for them to get there. Colonel or uh, Admiral Kirby, the Pentagon pokes, a spokesperson, when asked about when the tanks will arrive, said many months without putting a number. I don't know what many means. I guess something north of three. Are you hearing something different about when these tanks will arrive? Or are you talking about tanks from Germany? No, that that the tanks will arrive. It's going to be months. Russia is going to make gains. I have no doubt that, that this spring is going to be very difficult for Ukraine. Uh, Russia is going to regain territory. It's going to regain territory uh, in Donbass. It's trying to regain all of Donetsk. Um, Bakhmut is likely to fall. It's not It's not going to look good for the next few months here. Um, you know, Ukraine really needed to, to push that winter advantage, and they didn't. And they've been on the defensive, and, and it's going to extol price on them. But, you know, once that equipment arrives, um, it depends how well the Russians are able to fortify their gains as to how long it takes to then liberate those areas and whether an offensive to go for Crimea is possible this year or not. Um, it's looking less likely to be possible this year because a lot of the year is going to be spent regaining territory when the tanks arrive that the Russians will take in March, April, and May. Have the... Um... Has the Ukrainian military exhausted uh, its supply of manpower, meaning has every available, able-bodied, of appropriate age male either joined or been conscripted into the military, or are they still knocking on doors looking for people hiding in closets? No, there's still plenty of people who are able to serve. Uh, it's a country of uh, around 40 million uh, almost all the men are still in the country. Men haven't been allowed to leave since the war started with very few exceptions. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a, a ton of manpower here. Ukraine is nowhere close to exhausting, uh, the amount of people it can, it can recruit or conscript. This morning I, I saw, I'm sorry, go ahead, Matt. And conscription is, is, uh, a possibility of something that will be done more if necessary, I believe. This morning, I saw a, a video, a, a homemade on-the-spot uh, video taken from somebody's mobile phone of a 16-year-old being snatched from his mother while walking down the street by two Ukrainian uh, recruitment officers. Now, that's anecdotal, but are things like that happening? Is Ukraine that desperate for bodies that they're kidnapping people, young people? I don't believe so. I, I haven't I haven't heard any stories of this. Uh, I've seen videos posted on YouTube that can't be verified. Uh, 16 sounds young. I, I would find that highly unlikely. There are people that want to enlist. I don't think that the conscription has gotten uh, to the point where people are being snatched off the street. Uh, but, you know, that's it, it is what it is. This is a, a, a life and death fight for this country. If they have to conscript, they will, but I, I wouldn't put a lot of faith in those videos. Um, I've heard no stories like this. Uh, nobody's been talking about it happening. So it's really something that uh, is still a big question. The last time we spoke, you told us that your uh, group, Sons of Liberty International, uh, was working on uh, detecting uh, unexploded devices or improvised uh, improvised bombs. Are you still working on that project? And if so, how is that going? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of our efforts are in that area now. Uh, it's going very well. We had a class today uh, that 
uh, when you say you had a class, who are you training? Ukraine civilians or are Ukraine military? Uh, these were civilians who were going into demining. So this is a association of Ukrainian deminers. Um, that's one of the groups we train. We're also going to be working with military and we're going to be getting out in the field more as well. Uh, this is a problem that's going to take years. Uh, we're, we're doing everything right. It's a process. There's regulations here that you have to follow. This is actually the most bureaucratic war I've ever been in. For a country that's at war, a lot of systems and bureaucracies are still in place. So it's a process. What do you, what do you mean when you say it's a bureaucratic war? The, the command structure has many levels? Uh, there's certifications that you have to obtain with the Ukrainian certifications for demining that, that we're working on the paperwork issues. Um, you know, the organization's also registered in Ukraine. Um, we've had Ukrainian attorneys. There's processes for residency. Um, mm. There's a lot of paperwork involved in this war because so much of the country is still functional. We just had a power outage. So, um, All right. We, we, can, we can still hear you. For those who may just be tuning in, we're speaking to Matthew Van Dyke, Sons of Liberty uh, International, uh, direct from Kiev, Ukraine. And while we can hear his voice, we can't, we can't see his face. In your travels in Kiev and elsewhere, have you come across any American military, Matt? Still haven't come across any American military, no. Only veterans who are, who are retired or have left the service. Where do you uh, see the war uh, in the springtime when the um, weather is better and when uh, President Putin has his somewhere between 350 and 500,000 troops ready to move in? Quite honestly, I think a lot of Donetsk will be temporarily lost. Uh, they will, Russia will capture Bakhmut uh, and some other towns. It's going to look very dismal. There'll be a lot of dire predictions going on for a few months until that equipment arrives. Uh, but I, I mean, I know for a fact, uh, one of the soldiers that we've trained before was sent to Germany to receive uh, mil military training on the Bradleys that are coming in. So I know that they're getting training on these weapon systems. I know the weapon systems are coming. It's just a matter of holding out um, until they arrive. And it's gonna be dark, it's gonna be dismal, and there's gonna be a lot more casualties. And there's going to be land lost, but I'm confident the land will be regained uh, once they're able to get the equipment they need. Is there anybody in your group who has come to the realization that it's a mistake for the United States to be supplying Ukraine because we're just extending a war and causing more deaths, a war that Ukraine has determined is, is destined to lose? No, nobody, nobody believes that. If they believe that, they wouldn't be here. But... You know, the time for whether the U.S. should have supplied Ukraine, that argument's finished. The United States is supplying Ukraine, and now it's a matter of whether the United States wins or loses this conflict. Well, so, should the U.S. supply Ukraine with uh, F-16 fighter jets? I believe so. Uh, that's a, a 40-year-old plane that we've supplied to Iraq and Pakistan. It's not the latest technology. If it'll help, do it. The United States cannot afford to lose this war. Uh, you can call it a proxy war. In many ways, it is. This is a war between the West and Russia. This is not one we can lose. Whether or not we should have got involved in it, people can debate that. Uh, I believe this was the right call to get involved. But at this point, it's who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for the United States or are you rooting for Russia? And people need that, to make that. That, that is very interesting the way you put it. Let me just stop for a minute because we still can't see you. 
And for those who have joined us, uh, we are speaking with Matt Van Dyke, who runs the Sons of Liberty International. He's a regular guest on Judging Freedom. We were seeing his face and hearing his voice from Kiev, and the power went out. All right, there's... You look spooky, Matt. Yeah, it looks like you're in a cave, but just at least a monitor for some light. But all right, at least we can see your face uh, for the first time. I've heard you say this is a war between the United States and Russia. Well, the Congress of the United States has not declared war on Russia. The American people don't seem to be in favor of an American war against Russia. Do the Americans in Ukraine, whether military, out of uniform, or ex-military like you, view this? directly and openly talk about it as you just did on international um, medium as a war between the U.S. and Russia? I think everybody knows this is a, a conflict between NATO and, and Russia. I mean, this is a conflict that's taking place in Ukraine. Ukraine would not exist right now, most likely, if it wasn't for, for that Western support. Um, there's Western weapons flowing in here, Western advice. Um, you know, it's, it's very clearly a conflict between NATO and Russia. And, have you and seen, have you seen Western military, uh, whether it's Polish, Romanian, British, or U S on the ground in Ukraine, Matt? No, they're not in Ukraine, but they're right across the border in Poland. Ready uh, to come in not ready to come in, but providing training, providing a uh, phone call, technical support for weapon systems, uh, th those sorts of things. They're, they're very much involved in the training aspect of these new weapon systems of Bradley and tank training. Should, should, should the Ukrainian military be using American uh, supplied military equipment to attack sites in Russia? I, I don't think there's much utility to doing it. Um, I know that Ukraine's been doing it to show that, that Russians need to realize that they can be struck too within the country. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I think it does complicate issues. I think it makes the West less likely to want to provide equipment because um, there is still this fear of escalation. I think it's an overblown fear, but it exists and it's used as a rationale not to provide Ukraine with weapons that it needs. Um, I know these guys are the best in the world at hiding and disguising themselves, but have you come across Mossad, CIA, MI6? That would be Israeli, American, British, foreign intelligence in Ukraine. Not that I'm aware of, no. All right. Well, maybe they're... Maybe they're running your electricity right now. Uh, Matt, uh, thank you for your courage. Thank you for uh, your time. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Always nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Judge Napolitano. Wow. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom. <laughs>